You're listening to Songwriters and Tour Writers, a music podcast from KOSU. I'm Matthew Viriapa. Norman Music Festival is returning this week after two years of a pandemic-spurred hiatus. The festival brings hundreds of musicians and thousands of fans to the city of Norman, Oklahoma. On this episode is Sherry Jackson. Sherry Jackson is the executive director of the Norman Music Alliance, the organization that throws the free festival that Jackson calls the best annual party in the state. She talks about the festival's impact, what the last two years have been like without the festival going on, and how an all-volunteer board put together this year's festival in just about 90 days. We'll also be talking about and playing some of the songs from some of the artists that are performing this year. Like a fresh pair of penny loafers with the polish on it, tell them keep on shining. Keep on shining. Keep on shining. Like a diamond on your pinky when you sipping Pinot Greasy, tell them keep on shining. Go ahead and just introduce yourself and uh, what you do. My name is Sherry Jackson, originally from Norman, um, born and raised here in Norman uh, until I ran away for about a decade, uh, but made my way home. I'm executive director of the Norman Music Alliance, which is the nonprofit organization that produces the Norman Music Festival. That nonprofit was actually created so that there would be an organization to continuously produce this crazy festival that we came up with uh, about 15 years ago. Uh, I'm also executive director at an organization called The Depot. That's the historic train station here in town that produces the Summer Breeze concert series. And we are a venue and an art gallery. Can you just, I guess, briefly describe Norman Music Fest uh, for those who might not know about it? It's been two years since you guys uh, have done one. Yeah, it's been a hot minute and we are excited to be back out. Norman Music Festival um, was a labor of love for a group of volunteers in 2008 who got the Norman Arts Council and our fabulous cornerstone sponsor, Jonathan Fowler at Fowler Auto, together to put some money into the idea of closing down Main Street in our historic downtown, throwing a stage in the middle of the street and having a music festival. And in 2008, it was a one-day festival uh, with about 13,000 people that came and one big stage outside. And now it is um, three days of music and film and other things and four outdoor stages, seven indoor venues, maybe eight. Am I miscounting? I can't even think right now. Over 200 bands, um, 200 vendors outdoors. It's a lot. And about 100,000 of our closest friends. Uh, A lot, a lot of fun. And free, absolutely free for everybody. Yeah, how did this uh, two-year gap uh, kind of impact you guys who organized this, the festival, and also the the city? You know, as this festival grew and we work with our downtown partners, it's a, it's a big ask of a business district to give up multiple days to let you have a festival outside. We, we proudly generate um, about $4 million or more in economic activity on that weekend that benefits mostly our local businesses. And we're really happy about that. But, you know, not having it for two years, I, th- I think everybody missed that. Um, not, just, not just the financial impact, which is great, but the fact that you've got this beautiful independent music festival focusing mostly on Oklahoma music with 
every genre of music imaginable represented at the festival. There was a real sense of community. And I know we all felt that the last couple of years. Um, shutting down in March of 2020 and then realizing things were still too uncertain in 2021 for us to be able to try to safely pull 100,000 people together wandering around downtown. Um, it hurt. We missed it. We wondered at times, like, will we, will we, do we really get to come back? Is it really going to get to happen again? Um, and we spent a lot of time talking. It was a really nice thing to maybe have a moment to pause and take a breath. We feel like we run really fast, really hard all the time. And to be able to take a breath and talk about what we did right, what things we would like to see be different, what improvements we would like to make happen for the festival. Uh, so we talked and we plotted. And as soon as we saw the Omicron variant roll out of town as quickly as it had rolled in, we said, all right, fam, let's go. Let's go. We got 90 days. We can make it happen. And we've literally put this one together in about 90 days. Yeah. Uh, I think on the website you said um, Norm Music Fest was kind of the first to shut down and then the last to return. Uh, when did yeah. you guys feel comfortable with making a date to return? So we'd put it on the calendar tentatively, but we didn't do all a lot of the behind the scenes, like putting things in stone really until the end of January this year. We went ahead and opened our open call for bands in the fall, uh, knowing that if we couldn't do it, we could send an apology email to bands and say, I'm sorry, it's not going to get to happen again. But yeah, we really didn't get running full steam ahead until the end of January. I, it really speaks to the dedication of the board of directors. These are all volunteers, this board. They're all, I'm the only person that gets paid and I'm technically part-time, but we laughingly say in the nonprofit world, part-time means full-time. Uh, full-time means you just live it all day, every day. <laughs> so the rest of the folks are, they own businesses, they work jobs, they have lives, they they literally all have taken on another part-time job in the last 90 days to make this happen. And the, the energy has been really positive. What has the last 90 days been like? Um, what are some of the challenges and um, stresses? Yeah. Um, so there's been, it's been a really mix of good and bad. And it's, it's, there's a real clear line. The good is walking around, getting the street closure, informing all of the folks downtown, letting people know it was happening again. We were just met with cheers and hugs and happiness and, and how can I help? Uh, and that was wonderful. That's amazing. Um, so the community support and the people that we've talked to has just been terrific. The hard parts are... Uh, unlike a lot of other festivals who have maybe a festival grounds, they've got a space, a territory that they kind of take over where they've got two or three days to build out their festival and put things together. This one gets built out in about five hours and it has to be a really clearly planned. This is exactly when things arrive. This is how things happen. And trying to get those nailed down, I'm still not there. And we have to execute next Thursday. So, you know, we, we're making those quick last minute, who's coming at what time, 
what time do we close a street? Street barrier goes down, water barrier goes up, stage goes up, electrics get lit, generators fly in, like all of those things happening. Uh, that's a stressor, most definitely a stressor because you don't want that to go wrong and delay your stages or throw anything off. So that that's the thing that keeps me up at night right now. Uh, and the other thing that's been difficult, uh, just not gonna lie, is the fundraising piece in 90 days. Uh, it takes now close to a quarter of a million dollars to put on the Norman Music Festival. If we were paying everybody everything they deserved, it'd be about a half a million. And raising all of that in 90 days, not all of it. Like I said before, the Fowler Auto, um, Brandon Kistler with the Howsmith Restaurant Group, those are bedrock sponsors. We knew we had their support before we got rolling. Uh, and having them has made all the difference. But in 90 days, making a lot of asks, we're, we're here, I, I, we're close, but we're not where we want to be, um, but we're okay. But that's another thing that's stressful, is it's a lot of asks in a very short period of time, because this is a free festival. It's 100% funded by donations in the community. We don't make money. We don't sell a lot of things. We are really just trying to cover the infrastructure it takes to give Oklahoma uh, the best annual party in the state. Like most people nowadays, it looks like you guys are mainly aiming, you know, for a return to kind of normal. <laughs> but I, I'd love to talk about some of the the new things that you guys are doing, like um, on that fundraising front. Um, you guys are doing um, something I don't think you've done before with VIP passes. Yeah, so we have had VIP passes in the past. Um, it was a really simple VIP pass, and we're kind of changing that this year as a way for people to donate. We used to have a place, and its biggest perk really is indoor bathrooms and a place to cool off. You know, we had we had that, and that was great. But um, now we've got a front row fans pass. That's the easiest one that gets you up close to the main stage. So you can just bypass the big crowd and go straight to the front to see your favorite bands comes with a couple of drink tickets. So you can visit a, one of our local breweries on the street and go redeem those and get yourself a beverage. And then we've got our VIP room passes. There will be food drops and, you know, bartenders, a nice indoor place to relax, like a, a better VIP room experience and like I said, the, the outpouring of support is terrific. Even the Cleveland County commissioners have given us permission to use their parking lot for uh, VIPs. So they've got a place to park adjacent to the festival footprint. That's never happened before. That was a great, you know, new partner. There's like, how can we help? Um, so yeah, the VIP level. And we hope that we are saying thank you and providing perks that make donating to the festival worth it. But we also have an individual giving campaign. We'll take whatever you got. If you, you want to tip the festival, if you have a great time, send us five bucks. We'll take it. Yeah. Um, let's see some of the other new things that you guys are doing. Um, Partnership with Dead Center. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You guys are doing a lot more film stuff. Like it's become much more multimedia. So really exciting. Dead Center reached out to us because they were interested in starting an Oklahoma Music Video Award category for Dead Center Film Festival. So Fowler Auto has stepped up to sponsor. Uh, NMF is going to be presenting that award at Dead Center. And we're announcing the finalists on Thursday. 
at the Sooner Theater on the 28th. Um, and that night we'll be screening a documentary about the band originally from Oklahoma called Skating Polly. The documentary is called Skating Polly Ugly Pop. The director, uh, Henry Mortensen, who is Vigo Mortensen's son, will be here doing a Q&A. And then right after that's over, the video screen comes up and Skating Polly will be on that stage to play a set. And that was a really exciting thought. And it was so fun to talk to and work with the folks from Dead Center, who, when we started talking, we were like, how, how cool can we make this? Let's just do all the cool things. Let's screen the documentary, raise the screen, have the band, let's do all of it. Um, and we're really excited about that partnership. Yeah, and uh, you guys actually have a, a main stage now for two whole days, right? That's right. When we knew we were coming back and it's a leap of faith in the middle of a, or hopefully toward the end of a pandemic, entering our endemic phase of dealing with COVID. But we wanted to make sure that people that came had every opportunity to hear all the music they wanted to hear and be outside and keep their distance if that's what felt safe to them. So it felt like the right thing to do to make sure we got all of our stages up for two full nights of music so that everybody had a chance to hear a lot of great bands and depending on the COVID situation, be able to stay outside and do all of that safely. Yeah. Was that um, logistically more difficult than before? Or? So it's a funny story. Actually, you know, no, I think Toucan Productions, the most amazing production company out there who helps us with all of our stages, uh, was happy about the switch to two nights because it meant that they didn't have to show up at 5 a.m. on Saturday morning to start putting a stage together to run it all day on Saturday. So being able to be there the day before in the afternoon and set it up felt like a much healthier workflow for everybody. Uh, it was That was an easy ask. And uh, you guys are also um, doing this art market now for people besides musicians. Yes, I love that too. You know, we have some, we have our wonderful downtown scene here in Norman, really terrific restaurants and really great, some fun new retail shopping downtown. And we have vendors in the street. We have an extra, we have our food truck park. We've got some commercial vendors, but in, we were going to do it in 2020 when we got canceled, we're going to have an art market. And so that was an idea. Yeah. As we, start thinking about what it feels like to be at NMF. Uh, there's a lot of great music to hear, but we wanted people just to have a good time walking between stages, walking from here to there. We wanna make sure that there's interesting things for people. And Norman is an arts community. It really is. We have such a vibrant community of artists and makers here. We just wanted to open the doors to all of those folks to come play while we invited all of these guests to town. Just show everybody what you got. What's kind of the, the guiding philosophy you guys try to keep in mind as you organize? Sure. Um, we're a nonprofit organization. As a 501c3, one of the things that every good nonprofit does is develop a mission and a vision statement and a set of values that kind of guide what they do. We went through some strategic planning, sadly, right before 2020. 
we spent a lot of time talking about exactly that. Why do we do what we do? Um, because having those answers for a nonprofit organization, knowing why you do what you do, really understanding your why becomes an, a good guiding force when you're making decisions. Um, does it help us get here where we want to? And for us, we want to support the music scene musicians in the music industry here in Oklahoma. We want to be a part because we have extraordinary talent here in Oklahoma. We have bands of all genres. People from outside Oklahoma might have an impression of what they think of as Oklahoma music and not really understand that Oklahoma music has everything in it and it's good. Quality musicians, great songwriters, unbelievable performers. So we want to make sure we're doing what we can to make sure everybody knows that. Um, the other thing is to build a sense of community. There are some things, Norman, we call ourselves a city of festivals because we love it when our community and it gets a chance to get together and all be together and for it to be free and accessible to absolutely and welcoming to absolutely everyone. So creating that atmosphere is the other piece. And the third piece is to make sure that we are having a positive impact for our local economy and our local businesses. Um, so nestling this festival in the middle of our downtown business district in the Walker Arts District is beneficial for everybody. So those are, those are kind of the three things that make us get up in the morning and do what we do. Is there a musician or something that you're excited to see this year? It's a long list. So I'm, I'm really excited about this year. First, so excited that the drums get to come back. We had them booked in 2020. Um, the fact that we could bring them back for this comeback makes me super happy. And I knew I'd hit a winner. I have a teenage kid and I went to pick up from school and I was listening to the drums in the car and I, my kid opens the door and says, mom, you like the drums? <laughs> and I said, yeah, actually, I do play your cards right, kid. You might just get to say hello. They're coming to the festival this year. And my ears were bleeding from the screaming, um, which is awesome. Yeah. Like, you know, you hit a winner when your kid is squealing about who you brought to, to the festival and it, not me, the music team. Credit where credit is due. Uh, but the drums, I really love the album. There's a 2011 album, Portamento, that they made, and they're going to play that album in its entirety. And the whole album, every track, is just awesome. I absolutely love it. Before I die, I'd like to do something nice. Take my and I'll take it for a ride. Um, so I like that the drums are coming. I love that Cat Locke, who's local from here in Norman, gets to play on the main stage. I just love her and think she's terrific. Um, so that Fire in Little Africa coming down makes me really happy. Uh, I like Fat Tony. I just, there's a lot. There's a lot. I've been listening since we started throwing names around and I'm, I'm a big fan of the lineup this year. Our music team is so good at putting lineups together uh, and, and inviting bands. It's a really exciting lineup uh, this year. And I love it when I get onto 
Instagram or Twitter or other places, when you start finding how the talk about Norman Music Festival spirals out, often it's not until after the festival that a lot of people see what's happened here in Norman, Oklahoma. And I think I think there are a lot of folks that are really in other college towns or in other places are like, what? They do that in Norman? Um, we're, we're excited that we get to do something this special right here. Is there anything else that uh, you want to mention um, before I let you go? If you like the Norman Music Festival and you want to make sure we're around for 2023, um, we will happily take any level of donation you'd like to give and you can figure out how to do that on our website at normanmusicfestival.com. find a link to Norman Music Fest and the festival's schedule on ksu.org. There you can also find the list of the songs that were played in this episode, and be sure to check out some of our previous episodes featuring some of the great artists that are set to perform at the festival. Songwriters and Tour Writers is a production of KOSU and the service of Oklahoma State University. Our editor is Ryan McCroy, and our cover art was created by Terry Ferris. You can find Songwriters and Tour Writers wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. I'm Matthew Viriapa. Mm-hmm.